Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. This is episode 67 of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. As we wind down the month of August, I want to share with you our amazing listeners that after much contemplation, strategy, and planning, we are rebranding and shifting our focus to reflect the main work of our parent company, Tracy Cherpesky International. Over the past year, we've narrowed our niche and have begun exclusively serving medical and healthcare practices with coaching and consulting services. Our rebranded podcast will debut in early September, and we can't wait to share it with you. I'll confess I'm excited and a little scared while taking this leap of faith, but this is part of the entrepreneurial journey, isn't it? Multiple iterations, testing, course corrections, and most importantly to me, serving at a high level with care, compassion, and exceptional business guidance. We certainly hope you'll stick around. We'll still be sharing important and relevant business tips and stories, even if focused on medical and healthcare practices. The amazing folks who we'll be interviewing and whose stories we'll be sharing are, at the heart of it all, mission-based business owners just like you and me. And of course, I will continue to make solo episodes dropping all kinds of business and mindset knowledge and tools. So we hope you'll cheer us on as we continue our growth on this journey. Now let's talk about today's episode. I interviewed Afton Brazzoni. Afton and I met through our Business Coaching Mastermind program, and I am so impressed with the work she does, how she grew her business, and really how she shows up in this world. I loved our conversation so much, and as you'll hear toward the end, we felt like the time flew by. We could have kept going for hours. Afton is the founder of Scribe National, a content studio that helps entrepreneurs catapult their sales with undeniable brand messaging and strategic content plans. With 12 years of experience in marketing and communications, Afton's mission is to help 100 entrepreneurs around the globe communicate the value of their work so they can command their worth. Her company also works with B2B marketers to create written content that drives demand and growth. She's had the pleasure of working with nearly 50 clients worldwide during her two, almost three years as founder of Scribe National, the majority being repeat customers, including billion-dollar enterprises and others among Canada's 50 fastest-growing companies. In our conversation, Afton emphasizes the uh, unsexy but oh-so-important need to systematize and operationalize how you do things so you can prepare yourself and your business for growth. As a trained journalist turned PR specialist and eventually marketing content maven, Afton wanted to get back to doing what she loves most, writing. So she started her company as a side gig 
And by the time the COVID-19 pandemic took hold in March of 2020, she was already at a crossroads about whether she'd keep her side gig at the same level or go full time. So her layoff, sadly, or maybe not sadly, didn't freak her out too much. It's interesting to me how she said she felt like the job she had at a large firm with a pension plan seemed like the safe route, but ultimately turned out not to be the safest choice for her. In her first year in business, she took her company from zero to six figures, and in her second year, doubled her revenues. Now in her third year, she's making adjustments to her business model, focusing on how to uplevel her personal and professional development, leadership, and making time to do the things she loves. Afton's secret to her success is three things. One, team support, working with high-level professionals who are excited and engaged in the mission of the company. Two, investing in business coaching. She said this was absolutely pivotal in how she's been able to grow her business. And three, putting herself out there and making herself visible consistently. You won't want to miss when she talks about being in alignment with one's own values and making an investment decision from an empowered place, both for founders and for clients. It's brilliant. Afton's driving forces for her business come from an undercurrent of curiosity, of potential, and freedom. I think you'll love learning about perspective shifts with respect to value, worth, and how to set pricing, and that in order to sell something, you've got to feel it first. Her biggest piece of advice, in addition to all all the wisdom she dropped during our conversation, is to remember to get joy from whatever you're doing. Also, for our entrepreneurs, the waiting list for her new program, Brand for Demand, is open, so you can make sure to get on the list and see if it's a fit for you. You can go there by visiting scribenational.ca forward slash brand hyphen for hyphen demand. The link's also in the show notes. There's so much awesomeness in this conversation. You know what to do. Grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Afton and her amazing journey. Afton, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. It's great to be here. Oh my gosh. We're, my, my cheeks hurt from laughing. We had some good giggles as we were kind of in the green room warming up. But before we even dive in to hear your story, which I'm really excited to share, I like to ask, where are you currently in the world? So I am right outside of Calgary, Alberta, which is just about an hour east of the Canadian Rockies. So I'm in a pretty beautiful place. Oh, lovely. Did you grow up in that area? I'm actually from the east coast of Canada. So I grew up in Nova Scotia, so right on the Atlantic Ocean and came basically all the way across the country out here um, about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. You're far from home then. Yes, I am. Yeah. Oh, but in a beautiful place, which sounds delightful. Yes. Yeah. I love to be close to nature. So like whether it's the ocean or the mountains, um, really, I want to be, you know, somewhere like that where it's really naturally vibrant. Mm, Lovely. Well, I think it sounds like a perfect like location to have your business and inspire you. So let's go ahead and dive in. I'd love to hear what led you to become an entrepreneur. Maybe first tell us what you do and then tell us about your journey. Yeah, so I run a company called Scribe National, and we're a content marketing studio. We primarily work with tech brands. Uh, We also do a lot of work with leadership companies as well. And everything that we do is focused on storytelling and the written work. And this kind of ties into, you know, to how I got into this. And it's a, it's a, like, like anything, I guess it's a long and winding journey, but I'll, you know, I'll try to hit on the highlights. I am actually a trained journalist. And so I've, you know, 
really always been fascinated by people's stories and by storytelling and by doing that through writing in particular. Um, and so I actually worked for various companies over the years. I went pretty quickly from journalism into public relations and then into marketing because at the time uh, that I came out of journalism school, the industry was really in a lot of flux just due to like social media kind of really becoming a thing at that point. And the way that people made news and the way that people consume news was really changing. And so a lot of us jumped ship into public relations pretty quickly. So I did that and found my way into marketing. Um, and then in 2019, I really felt this pull to get back into writing more than I was, more than I had been doing. And so at, I was still working full time at the time. And in the fall of 2019, I decided to launch Scribe National, you know, just to really in the beginning, it was it was going to be me writing for clients. And I, I didn't really know beyond that what it was going to be. And so, you know, you kind of fast forward, we're coming up this fall, it will be our third anniversary. So like fast forward three years later, and now we've served over 50 clients worldwide. I've got a fantastic team of six writers that works with me. And yeah, it's, it's been a wild journey, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, you know, thinking about how remarkable it is that in your first year, you went from zero to six figures quickly. And then doubled on that the second year. Did you, at what point did you decide to leave your full-time job? So it was um, March of 2020. And it okay. was one Perfect of those timing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was one of those decisions that's, that gets made for you. And so basically, and, and so I, you know, I consider 2020 that first year um, because I, already the business had gotten to a point just in the four months that it had existed before that, where I was really going to have to make a choice of whether I continued growing the business. I couldn't just dedicate part-time to it anymore. Like it was taking off to the point where I, I was going to need to either leave that full-time job or, you know, I don't know, just have it stagnate, I suppose. Um, and then of course, when COVID hit, the organization I was working for laid off about 75% of staff. And so the decision was really made for me and it was the best thing that could have happened. And so, yeah, from there in that, in that first year of 2020, the business grew six figures and, and, you know, that would not have been possible on my own. Like I had mentioned that initially I thought it was just going to be me doing all of this writing and really bringing on at, at that point, I had two writers that were working with me just completely helped it. It really go to a new height that it wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Mm. Yeah. So that, I think that's an interesting thing to highlight, right? Is that we can only get so far completely on our own. We really need team and not always necessarily duplicating our own selves. It's nice if we're offering a particular service, we can bring in other people who complement or can continue. But can you say something about that? Like what was the process like of choosing other writers and, um, you know, what I know to be true for most entrepreneurs is like letting go of control. Was that challenging? Yeah, it was. And I think so my industry, the way that like agencies and studios, I mean, some of them are, you know, full service with full, large full-time teams. The way that I work is everyone is actually a freelance, like a contractor. So they really also have that entrepreneurial mindset too. And I think, I don't know, there's something about that. I mean, there are so many ways to run a business and so many ways to build a team, but that way it it's, um, I don't know, it just felt right for me. And it it felt like 
we were really partnering on these projects and they were invested and they were excited because, you know, a lot of that comes back to them building their own business as well. And so I've been doing it that way for three years almost. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's been working really well. Um, but, but to your point about giving up control, I think that is always really difficult. And I think that one of the best things that you can do to make that a smoother transition is to, you know, it's not going to sound sexy, but like to have the processes and, you know, the systems and all of the things that kind of standardize of the level of excellence that you want, right? And that you want for the business and the level of service delivery that you want to provide to the clients. And of course, like I've been fortunate because all of the writers on my team, you know, they're, they're lovely people and they're excellent writers. And that's kind of really the basis of what you need. Um, and so, so I have been lucky in that regard. It's so funny that you say, doesn't sound sexy, but right before talking about process and, yeah. and systems, but it's, it's the drum that I beat with my clients as well. Like, you know, what's going to make your business sexy is handling all the stuff that helps you deliver at the level that you say you want to. And to continue for, for my clients, their doctors and, and providers, like to be able to provide the level of service that you say you want to, the reason you left somewhere else and started your own practice, you know, I think it's the same thing if we want to be, maybe talk about this a little bit later too, but like, if you want to be on brand, what are you delivering? Are you delivering a high level of service or are you delivering flash? Because flash only oh, yeah. lasts so long, you know? Yeah, that's such a good point. And I obviously being in, entrenched in the marketing industry, like I see that a lot where, you know, I would rat like it's it's great to have excellent marketing and the, and the flash factor. But if you have only that, you know, or if you're only focused on making a sale or a customer acquisition and you're not thinking about customer loyalty and service delivery and actually providing a great experience when people work with you, you're totally right. Like the flash is only going to take you so far. And that's why when it comes to things like processes and team, even though, you know, I certainly don't have all the answers, but it's just, it's so important. And, and you can, you know, you really can grow quickly if, if you're getting it right, or at least if you're nurturing it or working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like that you said that too, because I was thinking like, so how did you <laughs> grow so quickly? Like, how did you find your clients or, you know, what was that process like? Did you come up with a system and then build on that? Yeah. So I'll say a couple of things. Like I, I don't have an exact blueprint by any means, but investing in business coaching was a pivotal decision that I made that enabled my business to grow because as I mentioned to you, like I came from 10 years of working for other people into being an entrepreneur. And we were chatting a little bit before we um, went live here. And I was talking about how I never, I never planned to be an entrepreneur. Like that wasn't something that I always knew I wanted to do. It wasn't anything like that. And so when I came into this, my skill set was in writing and like, I'm damn good at it, right? But it's like my my skill set was not in running a business by any means. And so investing in coaching is really what actually helped me figure out all of those other things that without figuring those out, I just wouldn't have been growing at that level at all. So I think that was the first, well, well, the first thing was, you know, getting the support, right? Having having it be beyond just myself. Um, so team support, you know, second thing, as I just mentioned, would be the coaching support. And then obviously like I, I'm a believer in in content marketing because it's what I do, but I would I would kind of I would list that as the third thing, right? And just 
putting myself out there and being visible and being visible consistently. And, you know, I did that more than I even do now. Like I really, really, to use that word, hustled. Um, but I, but like, that's just the truth and, and having the content available for people to engage with and to learn about the company and to learn about what we do and why it's beneficial. Like, I think that that made a huge difference as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So this is, I think this is a really important thing for our listeners to hear, to think about this, that you don't have to have a blueprint, but something that really stood out, team support, investing in yourself. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe semantics, but as a writer, I'm sure you can, you can, you know, appreciate this. As a linguist, I hear the word investment as a much different way of thinking of, you know, the cost of, or spending, right? And so even with potential clients, when they come to me, if they say, how much does it cost? I'm like, well, the investment is, and it, because there's a return, right? When there's a cost, it just goes away from you and that's it. But investing, this is critical. If you don't have the financial means yet and you can't figure out, you know, how to like fabricate them or, or borrow or whatever, then the next best thing would be like to barter or to find someone who would mentor you, but to invest that time, energy, resources that you have in yourself and your business is critical. I completely agree. And I use the same word. I don't describe it as a cost. Like, like if I'm talking about our services or, or quoting things, because it is an investment. And mm -hmm. And it's also, so to, to go on that for a second, like it's, I think there's an alignment that needs to happen. Like at, for any entrepreneur, when you think about the market that you want to serve and the clients that you want to serve, it's also about being aligned in the fact that like, you know, it's an investment and they also understand that it's an investment and they're making that decision from a, from an empowered place. Right. And and again, like that is something that that content and branding and marketing yourself when you do it in a way that just really puts it all out there. That's like this is the value that I that I provide. And if you're, you know, X, Y, Z, then it's a fit for you. Like if you're in this place, if you're in this mindset. And yeah, so I think I think that investment is is huge. And I know personally that my business would not be where it is if I hadn't invested in myself and in the, in the things that I invested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's just critical. I've, I, I don't think I've ever met a successful person who's like, yep, figured it all out by myself, school of hard knocks, you know, and if yeah. they, if they say that you can look around and see who they're surrounded by and understand that they had support, whether they acknowledge it or not. Yeah. But yeah, you just, anybody who's experienced success is going to talk about coaching, mentoring, consulting something, some kind of support system, masterminds, you name it, right? It doesn't always have to be one-on-one -on -one coaching or whatever, you know, it can be pretty much anything. Yeah. yeah. When you made the leap, right? I mean, you, you were laid off, so the decision was made for you. But even before that, like what prompted you to decide to do your own thing? I, I mean, part of it was that desire to to do my craft of writing more um, which is something that still absolutely fuels me to this day and is critical to my business even though I do less of it now than I did before um, but the other thing I think there there had to have been you know just this undercurrent of being curious about the the potential autonomy and freedom that it can afford you having your own business and it has been 
I don't know. It has it has exceeded my wildest expectations. That is all I can really say. Like, I absolutely love owning my own business, and it's it's just you just never really know, I guess, how it's going to turn out. But right. yeah, but yeah, it's that is definitely that continues to be one of the the best aspects of it. And you know, I just again um, going back to the work we do, like. We've been really fortunate with we've we've had amazing clients, great team. Like it has been a positive experience. Not to say that there haven't been challenges because there certainly always are challenges. But um, yeah, I think it's just it's like this this idea of what you're building, you know, and of of what you're co-creating with the people in your circle. And I think that that has been extremely enriching upon you know almost anything else. It sounds like you're a little surprised by that. Like you came in with one idea and then it sort of blossomed into something even better. Yeah, I am a little surprised. And it's not that I didn't think it was going to be enjoyable because I don't think I would ever sign myself up for it if I had a negative connotation. But I just, I think I just really didn't know what to expect. And it has just been really great is all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think it's, it's so special to be able to do something that one loves, right? And get paid for it because it's not, that's not always the case, right? I think, you know, it's a little trite to say, well, I'll just go monetize what you love. It's it's not quite that simple. I think there's a lot of nuance and layers and whatever to that. So, you know, what a, what a cool thing to be able to do that and turn it into a thriving business. Um, I have a question for you about freedom because I'm always curious, like, what does it mean to you? Like, has it and has that changed over the last three years? I think what it means to me primarily is the ability to structure my time, you know, which in turn structures your day, which in turn structures your life, right? Like your what you do in your days becomes your life. And and so for me, um, so my husband works out of town and this has kind of been our lifestyle for over a decade. And that was a lot more challenging to navigate when I didn't have the kind of control over my schedule than I do now. And so that's that's been a big driver of it. But I would also say, like, even within that, I still keep pretty regular hours. Like, I I tend to work business hours, but I think it's just, I think it's just the knowing that as an entrepreneur, like, you get to decide in, in so many areas beyond just time and scheduling, but like you get to make decisions and you get to have the autonomy to structure a business in the way that works best for you. And I mean, funnily enough, like I, I love working, so it's not really, <laughs> it hasn't really been an issue, but, but it's, yeah, I think what it means for me is just you get to decide, you know, in so many areas, which in other instances, I don't feel that that's, you know, always been the option. Not that they're like, I mean, obviously I realize that this is a, this is um, a podcast for entrepreneurs, but I will say like, if anyone's listening, who's not, or who maybe wants to be, or who isn't sure, it's not that there is one right way over the other, but that has just been something that for me has been incredible, really like just that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. And I think, you know, additionally, there's this whole idea I mean, not everybody, a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs are like, ah, it's not about the money. And it's like, sure, it's maybe it's not about the money. And we live in a capitalist society. Like we, we need money. We need currency, 
<laughs> we, you know, we need it so we can live really well with it, or we can live re really frugally, or we can scrape by, right? Like there's a whole spectrum of what that can mean. But what I think of also with freedom is like, there's no limit to like, not just how much money one can earn, but what you can create and the impact that one can have. And and it can be product, it can be services, it can be widgets that do a very particular thing. To me, it doesn't really matter because we get to connect to a purpose in a way that it's different, you know, than working in corporate or some other organization. Yes, we can connect to their purpose. It can be something that's really meaningful to us, but it's very different when it's your own creation. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that was one thing that I really had a perspective shift because where I was working prior to starting my own business was a 90-year-old institution with a pension plan. And I thought that that was safety and I thought that that was stability. And it, you know, it really turned out not to be. And I actually now completely believe that being an entrepreneur and having your own company, I mean, sure, things can happen. And like we see volatility in markets and everything that's going on right now with the economy. But, but regardless of that, what you said is so true because the only limitation is, is, you know, sort of what you're willing to put in really at the end of the day. And I did not understand that before. And it is such a freeing thing. And it's also, so for someone like me who I like to have control over things, it, it actually is very comforting to know that, you know, if I needed to, I could go out and, and bring X more dollars into the company this mm -hmm. month. And, and I just, I just didn't get that before, but it's like such a no brainer when you really think about it. Yeah. And I think that also touches a little bit on like learning how to sell and realizing that selling is just what we do naturally. Anytime we get excited about something. Right? So, I mean, you need, we, you know, we need to be clear in our messaging and all of that, which goes back to what you do, but like, did you struggle with that? Did you find Oh, yeah. Like, I had a lot of mindset stuff I had to do to learn that I was already good at selling, I guess. I mean, I did. I definitely did. Um, and not so much, like, as we said, I need the business. It did grow. So obviously, in terms of making the sales, like, I was doing something right. But, but yeah, in terms of the mindset and in terms of what I mentioned earlier, where, like, I came into it with, I want to write. My skill set is writing. And then quickly realized that you need to have um, a ton of other skill sets, primarily which selling, you know, it's up there. Um, and that was something that in terms of like a mindset perspective from, you know, things around value and worth and like, oh, is it okay to charge this or what should I charge? Or, and as I mentioned before, like there have been challenges along the way. And that has been one, you know, being able to really understand what the value is truly is that you are bringing to a client and to be able to confidently speak about that and to like you have to people say this but I, I think it's so true like you really have to feel it first because you are never going to sell someone on something that like you said that you're not excited about and that you know that you don't believe in it just mm -hmm. isn't going to happen and I I really had to learn that yeah. I, and again, it goes back to that alignment thing too of finding clients that are aligned and that that do see the value in what you provide and that do see it as an investment. And sales can become such a 
such a friendlier thing when when you're in that realm, whereas it's not about going out and trying to convince or, you know, that's just such a such an icky feeling for a lot of people, rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I, I think some of it is just this perception, like you were saying, like we have this shift in perception and it changes everything. And I think I think people who provide services that you know, something that we do, maybe it's kind of easy for us in some ways. Like I would imagine writing comes easily to you. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to reconcile placing a monetary value and then asking for that <laughs> with oh, how yeah. easy it is to do it. Never mind that it takes time and energy and it's our, you know, your your brilliance, right? Do you have a hack for that? <laughs> yeah, well, that... <laughs> That fully resonates with me. And I think you just have to get to a place. Well, well, first of all, from a practical standpoint, and great coach and um, certainly ours will will tell you that it's like, okay, so if it takes me a very short time to write something, which is is generally the case, it's about the everything, all of the skills, all of the experience, all of the insights that you gained to get you there. So you first have to understand that. But secondly, and beyond that, you have to accept, you have to be okay with that. Like you have to, you have to understand that it doesn't always have to be a struggle or it shouldn't be really to deliver the service that you're delivering and that it's okay if this is just, you know, your sweet spot or this is just the thing that, that like you said, it comes easily and you do it really well. And I don't know, there shouldn't be like, guilt or or things that you put on yourself around that and so I think it's it's just letting go of that and it is uncomfortable to think like okay well this is something that comes naturally to me so how could I possibly charge like you do you do question and you do ask all those questions and you I think you just get to a place where you have to put them aside Mm -hmm. and I and I honestly don't worry about that at all anymore and now I kind of think I don't know. You just have to know that, well, isn't this great for your client that you love doing this so much and that you do excel at it and that you're going to do your absolute best to get them the best result possible? And if you kind of think about it that way, I think it helps a little. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I think that which to our listeners, like pause, rewind and listen to that part again, because I think this is key, right? This is it. This is I think of it in terms of like value add. Some some people are volume and some people are value and there and volume can also be very valuable services. But some of us just sort of if we create a binary, that that would be the one that I would use. So for me, it's not about volume, it's about, you know, the kind of impact that I can create and my team can create for an individual, for a small group of people. It's a more intimate setting and and all of that. And so then I start thinking about like the percentage of the return that they get. <laughs> and then it makes me rethink my prices a lot. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's, a, that's, that's so true. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I love, I don't remember your exact words, but basically kind of my takeaway from what you just said is like, how great is it that I get to support people with my gifts so they can go and take their gifts to the world? And Gosh. And there's money involved in that. And I think, yeah, I think we all need to do lots of money mindset work when we become entrepreneurs. I think everybody needs to anyway, but especially as an entrepreneur and even more so if the bulk of your product comes back to you, if you're the face of your business or, you know, if 
just generally, if that's kind of the way that goes, like there's a lot of stuff we need to reconcile. And I think you, you summed that up really beautifully. So gave me an aha. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. And yeah, it's, and I think it's ongoing. Like my money mindset is definitely better than it used to be, but it's, it's ongoing. And I think that goes for a lot of things. Um, I just, and again, it's one of the things I actually enjoy most about being an entrepreneur is that there's always a reason to keep learning. Like you always, whether it's me trying to learn something about like something more practical, like industry trends with content marketing, or whether it's me working on money mindset, or whether like it's me trying to hone better leadership skills or or whatever it is. Like there's never going to be a day where I wake up and it's like, okay, everything's checked off the to-do list. <laughs> I've mastered it all. <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. But it's the the amount of personal growth that has occurred in my life since I've been an entrepreneur has dwarfed all of the other up until then by far. <laughs> I have heard that, I don't remember who said it or the exact words, but I've heard that like becoming an entrepreneur is so much more about one's personal growth than anything else. Because <laughs> if you ever want to feel challenged, if you ever want to face your fears, if you ever want to confront random trauma things that come up, right? It's like the the 3 a.m. sweats are telling you something. It's not just, it's not just anxiety. I mean, it's it's other stuff, right? And I think that's something that we all have to be prepared to commit to if we decide to start our own thing and build a business. Yeah. All, literally everything you just said has has all happened to me. And yeah. I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. And right hand in the air. <laughs> oh my goodness. And and it's like, even though sometimes that can be very uncomfortable, it's beneficial because it pushes you, right? Because you evolve. And again, that's something that I don't think ever stops either. It's just that the situations become different because you learn from one and sure, maybe you can spot that one coming down the road again, but there's going to be another one that you haven't experienced that you won't be able to anticipate. And then you just have to learn from that as it happens too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. New level, new devil, right? Stuff comes up. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I am a, a big believer that there's, there doesn't have to be some kind of breakdown before a breakthrough, but when change is coming through and we feel it on a cellular level, if we haven't prepared ourselves mentally it can be really hard. You know, it's all that stuff that you, people talk about, oh, the ego and blah, blah, blah. And yes, you know, we can get technical and talk about that. But I think it's really like when we up-level, when we experience growth, when we make a commitment to create growth, we also are committing to up-leveling our mindset, our leadership skills, our, you know, money mindset, our, the way we view what's possible, we have to become super lofty <laughs> and be willing to like float in the ethos a little bit, but keep like one toe close to the ground so that we, you know, bring logic along. But it's, it's, yeah, it asks a lot of us. I mean, it's something I've seen with over the years with my clients that there's a lot, there's a time at which, and it's usually associated with numbers like 250 to 350, 400. There's a demand. The business actually as its own entity demands an up-leveling and then crossing over the seven-figure mark also demands a different kind of up-leveling, but it demands it before you get there. So it's, yeah, 
It's fascinating. It, as I look at her, I'm just starting to smile. <laughs> <laughs> so I just come no, up no, no, no. anticipatory yeah. bleep moments. <laughs> but it's exciting. It's, it is yeah. exciting. And I think, you know, to, to link it to what I said at the very beginning and what you said, it's not something that you can, well, most people, it's not something that you can, should, or want to do alone. Right. Like some people, sure, it's whatever. Everyone's different. But I think that being connected with other entrepreneurs, I think that, again, mentorship, coaching, like all of those things are critical. And it doesn't mean that it's going to take everything you're going through and make it easy. It just means that you are going to have to do it alone, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a workshop once where they, kind of labeled like where you would be at at certain stages of your journey and that it's perfectly acceptable to decide to stay in one sort of category. Um, and it's all about getting really clear about what you really, 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 really want, right? Some people are keen to build that empire and like run the show and be the visionary. And other people are like, you know, I'm cool with staying here. Like anything below 500,000, I feel is manageable with a team member and a handful of independent contractors, maybe part-time or whatever. Yeah. And so they called that, that like middle stage, like your, your beginning stage. And then the middle stage, they call it the empowered practitioner, which I think I thought was really great because it's not diminishing. Not everybody wants to, or needs to, or, or maybe even should aspire to crossing over seven, eight, nine, ten, however many figures. If what you really want is, I want to provide a good living, I want to live a certain lifestyle, I want this many weeks off a year, and I, you know, and I don't want to manage a team. Really, I want to have sort of like a few people I work with, and that's that. So I love that, right? There's like that empowered practitioner, and then and then it's like enterprise. <laughs> yeah, I in between after that. I love that what you just said. I hadn't heard it referred to that way before, but that that is that is me. Like that's what I want. You know, that really resonates with me, and. And I think, again, it's like when we have these conversations and get to hear what other entrepreneurs want on their own journey or what they're doing or what they're struggling with. And, and the way you said, like, it is OK, you know, to want to do like everyone's vision for their business is different. And that's OK. Yeah. Right. And I think that's that's coming back to when I was asking you what freedom means to you. I often ask my clients, what does success mean to you? And then they'll answer and I'll go, so is that your mother's, your father's, your grandfather's success or is that really yours? You know, we kind of keep going and I'm more loving than that, but like the, the gist of it is to keep going until we really define what success means. And a lot of times success, you know, there's needs to be a financial aspect to it, but usually it comes back to time, control over time, having space and energy, surrounding ourselves with people we love and doing the things we love and having the freedom to, to decide when and how all of that works. And that could be seven, eight, nine, ten figures, or that could be staying in like the, you know, mid to high sixes as an empowered practitioner. And it's all good. It's all yeah. good. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, we need to kind of give ourselves the time, right? To, because when you are growing a business, it's so easy to get caught up in, in just everything that you're doing. It's, you know, busy. There's, there's lots of responsibility. There are lots of things that you have to think about, but taking that pause and just reconnecting back to like, why did I get into this to begin with? Like, what do I want this to be? Um, you know, remember to get joy from it. Like, I have to remind myself of that. And again, it's like, 
I get like I just get joy out of the writing in itself. But, you know, when things are when things are feeling busy or overwhelming, it's about, I guess, like sitting and just taking that time to be like, no, I get to decide, you know, what is this? What do I want this to be? Oh, that's a huge that's that's it right there. Right. I mean, if we're not having any fun, what's the point? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Easier said than done, but it is super, super true. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's challenging, especially if we're like in a growth stage or building stage, but you know, the key is like, this would be a piece of advice that I would give, build the business around the life you want to live, even if you're not there yet. Just, it's so hard to backtrack and fix that and correct that if it takes over and it can it, it can't. There's a lot more to that. There's a lot of layers, but that's really the key is if you start with just trust yourself and whatever powers you believe in, that if you stay committed to this, it will work out, even if it takes a little bit longer to build because it'll just, it'll be more satisfying. It's more in the long run. I think it's more lucrative because we're more committed to our vision, the entire vision of our life, our business, and all the, all the components that, that fit into that. But yeah, build the business around the life that you want to live, even if you're not there yet. So true. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm going to wrap up with two questions. Um, the first one is, how can we support you and where can we send people to inquire about your services? Yes, thank you for asking. So scribenational.ca is our website. And again, as I mentioned quickly at the beginning, we serve b2b tech companies with our content writing we also have a new program where we work with service-based entrepreneurs of any industry doesn't have to be tech um, on brand messaging and content strategy so that program is called brand for demand and you can find details about that at our website as well so yeah i'd say that's you know the main place to go awesome we'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes for that as well sweet so the final question is do you have any parting advice for our listeners Oh, well, I think we covered so much goodness. Um, but but yeah, to build on what we've kind of been talking about, I would just say, I would just say to stay the course. And, you know, every day is going to look different. And there are going to be certain days where you have the big wins and it's easier to stay the course. And then there are going to be other days where it is not easy. But I think, like you said, just just envisioning that life that you want and really just doing, yeah, just, just doing that work within yourself that is required to stay the course because you will, you will see results, right? You will experience great things, but you, you've got to actually not get up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, well, Afton, thank you so much for coming on today. The time flew. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> <I'm so impressed>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. Thank you so much. For oh, it's my pleasure. Well, we'll definitely keep in touch and we'll share in the show notes how everybody can can get in touch with you and just thanks again for coming on sounds great thanks tracy thank you thank you for listening to this episode of entrepreneur mindset reset be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show as you know reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them so please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode 
If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracycherpesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.